So with that, I think we can move on to our first presentation, um, which is by um, Naked. Um, I would like to um, invite Sumari and Ernst to, to join us. Um, so Sumari um, has built a career as one of the leading short-term insurance actuaries in South Africa. She headed short-term insurance consulting um, at her own firm, Quindium, over 15 years. In 2011, Quindium was acquired by EY and Sumri became a partner at EY and head of EY's Af um, Africa Actuarial Services short-term insurance practice. Over the years, Sumri has served as the actuarial advisor to most of South Africa's large insurers. Ernst North is a fully qualified short-term insurance actuary, previously head of pricing at Hanover, then consulted to various insurers across Africa and the Middle East for five years before leading product development as the underwriting and actuarial di director at South African Insurance Group. With Alex Thompson, they co-founded Naked, which um, kicked off in October 2016 um, and launched in April 2018. Thank you so much. I'm going to try not to walk too much. I've been told that, that walking is distracting. But, so I'm going to try and stay still. So, so thanks, Ashley. I, I, uh, I was going to introduce us, but it seems you've already, you've already done that. Um, so Ernie is the one hiding behind the, the pillar there. The two of us will do a bit of the Punch and Judy's show, so you'll see both of us talking. So um, we are actually very excited to be here today. And... We are going to be talking to you about the potential that AI and data science hold for insurance, and specifically, you know, how we are using it in our business, um, specifically. The other thing we're going to briefly touch on that, that is something that I think will be of interest to most of you is, is the dark side of, of AI, right? And, and how we prevent Anakin from turning into Darth Vader. So, um, as Ashley said, in my previous life, um, I was a partner at Ernst & Young in the insurance advisory business. And during that time, we advised a large number of the biggest insurers in the country on how they can actually extract value out of AI, data science, machine learning, um, and incorporate it into their businesses. One of the things that became very clear to us is one, insurance uh, is never going to look the same again. Two, is that the existing players are really going to struggle to adapt to this. I can't tell you guys how frustrating it is to have a very well laid out plan just stumble at that implementation block. Whether it is because of complexities with the systems that you've got, or whether it is the myriad of distribution channels, or actually just the operations itself being too complex. Where we got to with that is that we believe the insurer of the future needs to be designed from scratch with AI being thought about right from the beginning while you're building this new insurer. That's then why we jumped ship, so to speak, and uh, we started to build Naked. Uh, about two years ago. 
And over this two-year period, we are even more convinced of those two points. And, and I think they're worth repeating. Insurance will never be the same again, and the existing players are going to struggle to adapt. So as I say, talk is cheap, so let me stop talking and maybe show you where we got to uh, with some of the stuff uh, that we've been building. Now, let's start at the beginning. What is the first thing? Most of you guys have insured your car before. Anyone who's insured a car before, whether you are with a broker or whether you go through one of the direct players, know that you're going to be on that call center for about 30, 35 minutes, or you're going to be filling in a myriad of, of forms. Okay, so, so how does it work with Naked? So as you saw there, how it works is it takes about 90 seconds. You answer eight easy questions by talking to, to Rose. If you like what you see, you put in your card, you press pay, and Bob's your uncle, you're covered. No need to speak to anyone. You, you can see that's, that's quite, a, quite a different process. But what normally happens after that? What happens once, once you finish that long call with the call center? then you probably have to drive your car to some godforsaken place to have it inspected, right? Not, which is really not that great, not that cool. So what you do with Naked is you actually download the app, you do your own pre-inspection. You can do it, you've got basically uh, two days to do it, you can do it in your own garage, no need to drive the car anywhere. And the other big cool thing about this is as you are going through this process, we are collecting more information on you that we are actually using to enrich the information that we've collected at quote stage and that helps us as well to make sure that there's no horrible surprises when, on the day that you actually come and claim. The, the crucial thing, and, that, and that's the thing that I, I believe is going to make it more difficult uh, for the incumbent players to actually adapt is the level of flexibility that starting from scratch actually give you. Because as soon as you have a system that doesn't have the need to have a human between the system and the customer, you actually have a lot more flexibility that you can give your customers. A good example of that is what we've introduced is called cover pause. So you can if you are traveling, like I used to do quite a lot down to Cape Town, park your car at the airport, you're not driving the thing, right? So why are you paying for accident cover? So you can pause that cover, you get the refund immediately into your account, and when you come back, you can just switch it back on again. And, and I think that is just one small demonstration of the power of, of, a, of a system that is designed at the core in a very different manner than the existing systems that's at least 20 years old or, or even older. Now, um, just the last thing I want to say, I can see already I'm, I'm losing quite a lot of you in the audience. So if you're bored, 
any and I won't mind if you're playing on your phone as long as you're talking to Rose and, uh, and getting a quote. Okay, cool. So something that we've um, debated a lot is why insurance has such a bad name. Now one theory is of course that it's simply because of the nature of the product. It's something that is a grudge. You don't get something physical in your hand and so it's, it's inevitable that the, that, that the product will have a bad name. Another theory is that, as Shumri described earlier, some of the processes and the, and, the, and the process of interacting with an insurance company is just such a painful process, spending 40 minutes on the phone call, that it's, it's inevitable that people won't like the product. Another theory that we, are, that we think is worth um, considering is the fact that interactions with insurance companies too often reinforce the idea that they are looking at their own interests alone. What do I mean by this? A service provider which demonstrates throughout your lifetime that they are on your side will inherently foster a good feeling. A service provider that time and again does things which just reaffirms that they are after their own interests will cause the opposite. So the best example for this, of this for me is something that most of you would have tried as well is to cancel an insurance policy. You phone the call center and what's the first thing that they say? No, no, please don't leave. We can give you a lower price. So the thinking consumer should immediately ask, but why haven't you been charging me the right price all along? Why do you only wait until I threaten to leave and then do I get the fair price? Why are you confirming that you are waiting for me to to fight for my own interests, and only then will I get value. So we think that that kind of behavior is a significant contributing factor for the name that insurance has. And so that's why we felt that, Sorry. we felt that when you cancel with Naked, the process should be convenient. Yes, you can just press one button. We ask you what went wrong. And then if you still want to leave, we'll refund the rest of the month's premium instantly back into your credit card. No negotiations. But it's not really about the convenience. What it's really about is a system that puts us in a position where we always have to charge you the fair price. Because we're not in a position to negotiate with you when you want to leave, it changes the relationship and it puts us in a position where you as the consumer are not experiencing something that demonstrates a service provider fighting for their own interests. And so what we're excited about is new generation technology being used to replace old processes which help give insurance a bad name. But of course, the one thing that is the biggest contributing factor to the bad name is claims. It's all about claims. That's why we buy insurance. And so while Naked is early on down the road of our journey of implementing AI and machine learning into the claims process. And we recognize that over the coming years, it's certainly the area where we plan on investing the most because we think the boundaries can be pushed, can be pushed significantly. We are excited about what our claims process looks like today in contrast to what people are used to.
to this day, I still don't know what happened to that windscreen. Uh, that was, that was uh, a baby rhino <laughs> going through there. What, what, is, what is exciting for us about the claims process is similar to the cancellation process. Yes, it's convenient. The client will have a good experience because it's quick, it's easy, there's, there's no intrusion. But more importantly for us, what we're really excited about is the way in which AI and, and excessive volumes of new data that, that wasn't used to be used in the past can now be used to make the process so much better. And by better, I don't just mean quick. By better, I also don't just mean more ways for the insurer to find ways of not paying the claim. By better, I mean the right outcome. The, real, the claims which are real claims being approved quickly. The AI doing the bulk of the validation work. The bulk of the, of the assessment and accordingly the bulk of claims being paid instantly. What's exciting for us is that if you look at that video of that person just claiming, I think what's worth noting is the two different sources of data which we're using in that claim process at the moment. So the obvious one is the video analysis. The person actually talking, the video being thrown, um, being served into a, an image recognition software that helps with assessing the, the extent of the damage and whether it can be approved automatically. What we're working on, we haven't got it live yet, is to then link up to the actual suppliers so that the uh, image recognition software automatically talks to the part suppliers and gets the quotes. Um, another part of the video software is, of course, the, the facial recognition software. Things like analyzing where your eyes go, analyzing the extent of blood vessels in your eyes, and what that says about whether you're telling the truth. All sorts of interesting things happening in the world. But that's the, sort of the obvious one is the video analysis. The one I wanna, what, I, what I want to highlight as well, which we're finding really valuable, is the interaction data. So how long did it take you to press that button? When we ask that question, did you go back and rethink that question? How long did you then take to type that, then edit that, that sort of data? Now again, what I want to highlight is it's not about being big brother. And what this data will be useful for is not for traditional statistics. People making an hypothesis and then trying to prove it or disprove it. What that data will be useful, where that data will be useful, is when you throw AI at it. Because analyzing the ridiculous volumes of data about our clients and how they're inter interacting with us, and then supplementing that with, with the traditional information which we gathered in terms of the risk profile. We're excited about that leading to a situation where the bulk of our claims can be approved instantly. Now, I'm a, for those of you that don't know me, I am by default a fairly positive guy. But humor me for the next five minutes, because I think we have some questions to ask. And I think the people in this room should just consider this for a second. Despite the fact that Sumri wanted the, the Star Wars picture up there, I'm going to start with a reference to a different movie, which I like more. In the immortal words of, of Uncle Ben advising Peter Parker on his role as Spider-Man. With great power comes great responsibility. The question that we should be asking is whether those people that are saying 
there's a risk of AI having too much control. There's a risk of AI doing damage. Are those people onto something, or they are, are, are they just too conservative? Now, I'm not going to try and venture an answer to that question today. But what I do want to do is just to remind you a little bit of the status quo in insurance and what that means for the future. Now, insurance is a very unique product. Different to buying a smartphone where you can hold the thing in your hand before you buy it, you have most of the information available to you at, at purchase stage. And there are very few surprises down the line. In contrast, insurance is structurally different. You pay and pay and pay and pay and pay and only get to see the product down the line. And only then, potentially, if you are the, one of the ones that claim. Now, given that insurance is so different, it isn't surprising that insurers have realized that people are biased towards overweighting the price of the initial premium they pay when evaluating the right insurance. It is not surprising that the average consumer like you and I are not disciplined in, on, in, in the ongoing evaluation of whether you're paying the right price for what you are getting. And it's also not surprising that the average consumer like you and I, when we get our increase letter, even though we suspect it's not fair, we are unlikely to do anything about it. Given that the process of doing something about it is quite painful, or we get, we get uh, taught or coached by the fact that we may lose a potential future bonus if we switch now. So all of that is not surprising. And finally, what is not surprising is that insurance companies have caught onto this and that the, the insurance industry has built recognition of those behaviors, those traits of consumers, into the processes of how they treat individ individual customers. The thing I do think that we need to talk about today is the fact that that has become a science. So the very, very best minds, most of them from this profession, most of them including us, no, I wouldn't include myself in the best minds, but maybe through me, have built very sophisticated statistical models to predict what individual customers would do if you treat them in different ways. So two people that are, have identical risk profiles would get a different premium increase after being with an insurer for 12 months. Because the insurer knows that the two individuals have different likelihoods of reacting in different ways if you give them different premium increases. That's an example of the insurance company knowing more than the client. Now, what I don't want to talk about today is the ethics of that. I mean, it's a free market. A, cl a client can move if they want to. What I do want to make the... I do want to make the following point, though, and I think you would agree with me. The practice of understanding clients, understanding their behaviors, understanding things like apathy, and then on top of that, building very sophisticated statistical models to inform the strategies that insurance companies use in order to, to decide how they interact with their different individual clients. That process has resulted in more benefit to insurers than to clients. Agreed? And now, here's my point. To date, that has been done without AI. If you supplement that with AI, if you use the 
ridiculous volumes of additional data that a, that a technology-based provider can have on a client. And you use AI to profile clients, to decide which individual client, what is the right time of the month to talk to that client, to give them what increase that they wouldn't notice or that they wouldn't react to. Is that not a scary thought? And so in closing, my five minutes of doom, doom saying, what does this mean for claims? What if insurance companies run their claims processes predominantly on the large volumes of data which they are now starting to gather and use the AI to profile how they should treat individual customers? So not whether the claim should be paid, just how they should treat the customer. I want to give you one small example. At the moment, an insurance company knows or that if they send a client to a substandard panel beater, which would save them money, some clients will react horribly. They'll go on Twitter, they'll make a big rant about it. So it's not worth it. But some clients won't do anything. And ultimately, the insurance company will save money. That's the status quo. And at the moment, it's, that channeling is happening manually. What is the risk of that channeling happening with AI? Okay, cool. Thanks, Mr. North. So, I think what Ernie just touched on, we believe is at least two of the reasons why the industry get very little love from their customers and you know why they actually get a lot of flack from them. Now if we if we think um, about what Ernie said, I think there's actually two paths here. We can use AI to make things better, or we can actually use AI to make things far, far worse. And that, that control is actually in our hands because the AI will only optimize what we pre-program it to optimize. It will work towards the goals that we tell it to have. Now, how do we make sure that we give them the right things to optimize so that Anakin doesn't become the heavy breather, right? So, in our uh, thinking on this, we believe that as long as you can maximize your shareholders' profits by minimizing your claims, this is not a very easy task to do. So as a result of that, at Naked, our business model works totally differently. We don't make money like the industry make at the moment. We charge a flat fee. If we pay less in claims, we don't make any more money. How do we make our money? We make our money like a tech company would make their money, by getting people on our platform and keeping the people on our platform. That's the only way that we'll make money. And if you think about that, then it's a far easier task to set those goals in a way that leads to good customer outcomes. And to actually set the objectives to maximize things that provides the customer with a better service while still maintaining a sustainable risk pool. Well, that's enough said about all of that, I think. So just to, to recap, uh, AI is going to change insurance forever. It's going to change the customer's experience forever, whether it's good or bad. It's also going to t depend on a lot of us in this room, I think. 
but it's definitely going to make the experience smoother, less intrusive, easier, and importantly, cheaper. So we think the future for insurance can be really bright, and, and we're really excited to be part of, part of that journey. Cool. Do you guys want to ask us any questions? Oh, is that your job to ask? Sorry. Oh, uh, that's really exciting. I really appreciate the, your focus on the customer experience, which seems like that's really been missing in the insurance industry, and I've been in it for 30 years now. Um, a question. So, so you beat me. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, my question is, there's, there's a number of digital upstart insurance kind of companies I've seen in the industry, even in South Africa and globally. And it seems one of the issues that they're having is around being able to market their new brands against these gigantic brands like Outsurance who spend like 300 million rand a year. 650. Okay, thank you. So, so how, do, how, are you going, how, what, how are you going to get over that challenge of getting yourselves out to the consumers and, and actually growing to become competitive against all the, the incumbents? So, um, I think it's, we're still a little bit in the phase of being naive uh, in that we, the, the, the people that have bought from us so far have, have recognized that the experience itself is better. Many of them appreciate that we are trying to do something bigger than just a tech-based insurance business. We are trying to sincerely address um, th things that we think are wrong in the industry and trying to be a, a significantly better alternative. And, and, and so, so part of what that, the reason I say that is because part of what, the, the penny is dropping with many of, the, of those people that if the advertising is that heavy, then ultimately the consumer is paying for it. And so part of what I think the appeal is for many of the people buying naked at the moment is the fact that they see that they, they recognize that, that the premium saving is in part because of the tech, but also in part because we are not marketing through massive billboards and the like. And so um, I, I guess, I mean, many of the traditional people are, are, are rolling their eyes at us as to how we are going about it because we are not doing many of the traditional things. But we are certainly going to try for quite a while to, to stay away from doing things which is just saying we are another participant in this big market. We are going to try for quite a while to say we, we really think the word should get out there, and it has been to an extent, and we think we're going to, we're going to continue this experiment to see whether, whether people are recognizing that by not marketing in the traditional manner, sure, we have to market, and we, we have to speak to people, and we have to, especially on a dig digital front, get the word out there, but it can be done in such a in, in a way more cost-effective manner, which ultimately benefits the consumer as well. And so we hope that that, that part of the story sells it in itself. So if I can just add something totally not useful, but worth maybe saying as well, we might get there where we might do billboards. I've, but I think on the day, when you see a billboard from Naked, in the words of the Green Arrow, we have failed the industry then. And the question is just, I mean, there's no... They can still make a lot of money. Okay, so it's, it's, that's a very, very good question. So in 
part of the part of the thing that's been really tricky for us is it's it's no uh, solution if we m remove the conflict of interest uh, from us and we just pass it on to the reinsurer. So given that I have a, a, a room of actuarial types here, I, I guess I can I can speak in, in a straightforward actuarial way. Reinsurance is just an alternative for capital, correct? And if you are a provider of capital, you can agree a fixed fee for providing that capital. And if you then put your reinsurance together in exactly that same manner, where it doesn't matter uh, how, what the level of claims experience is, whether actually get like similar to what a bank would get if they provided you with money, you can set up your reinsurance in a way where they don't do better based on the claims experience. And you can limit it to only looking at catastrophe. And all of us that know about catastrophe pricing, it, all that catastrophe reinsurance does, it is actually just smooths your cat loading from year to year. And it's not one of the things that reinsurance make, reinsurers make a large amount of money on. And it's not something that's in anyone's control apart from Mother Nature. So, but a very, very good question. So you have to be very clear on how you set up your reinsurance. Uh, thank you so much uh, for your presentation. I, I really liked uh, the DSTV kind of uh, uh, insurance where if I'm going away for two months, I can at least freeze my cover at least. And when I come back and then I can uh, rejoin. I think that's something that is very quite uh, revolutionary and I congratulate you for that. And, but I want to point out something that these tech savvy companies, they seem to be addressing the 21st generation. What about the over 50s that are so afraid of technology? We see them at work when we try to implement new things they don't want. They want the traditional way. They want to see someone. They want to talk to someone. They don't want this thing of taking pictures and uploading it. And then the other thing is, how do you counteract the moral hazard where people don't tell the truth? I can tailor make my answers very smartly to what you want. And you seem to disregard claims underwriting, which is quite a, a big portion of what we do traditionally. Because we want to verify that this is the right claim, this is the right guy, this is the right car. But you, I didn't see it there. And then lastly, this thing doesn't look like it works with fleet management. If I have 100, fleet management, fleet, fleet yeah, fleet. If I have 100 cars, how do you accomplish it? You can't tell me I have to, who, who is supposed to take a selfie and upload it? Is it the, one of the employees? Is it, who, who, is, who is supposed to do that? I just want to, uh, if you can just un unpick that. Good, Thank that's you. Quite a, that's quite a number of questions, so just remind me if I miss any of them. Um, the oh, okay, sorry for being a prophet oh, yeah, of doom, me. <laughs> no, 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 that's good. So j let, me, let me just run through them quickly. So first of all, in terms of the, the actual user, uh, you, you're right that, that this is not for everybody, and, it, and we are finding that, that the, there is a slight skew toward in, in terms of age towards who's using this. And we don't expect this to be for everybody. However, what I can say is we're pleasantly surprised by the fact that we have a whole bunch of people that are, let me not name specific, let me not say what I regard as old, whether it's, um, but anyways, a whole bunch of people that are older than we would have expected 
including in their 50s and 60s, using this product. And the definition for us of people that, that, that can use this is we think we, are, we think we have a way to go. We think we, we will always challenge ourselves to keep improving. But we think that our user experience is one where if you can do online banking, you can buy insurance like this. And so for most people that are on WhatsApp or using Uber, using Airbnb, that sort of thing, for most of those people, the, the user experience of actually interacting with this product is easy enough that most of them can do it. Some people that have traditional way of looking at things and are concerned about the fact that, they, that they're not speaking to a person, those people we won't get across the line and we're not going to worry about that too much for now. It, it isn't for everybody. If you enjoy having coffee with your broker, then, then you should continue doing that. Um, but, but we are su pleasantly surprised by more people than we would have expected in their 50s and even 60s are finding this really easy and, and adopting it and feel comfortable going about it. So that's, that's just the first thing I want that's on, on the target market. I, in terms of uh, the fraud risk and the claims itself, let me, let me explicitly say that we are, we are challenging very strongly the extent to which claim stage underwriting happens in the industry at the moment. We are trying everything we can to efficiently supplement the initial underwriting process with processes, mostly AI-driven, to ensure that the client has the right cover early on in the cover. So part of what you do within two days of buying cover, you do that selfie of the car, you also take a, you also take a photo of the actual license disk. Instantly, we connect to the right databases to check your profile, vehicle ownership, that sort of thing. And if it isn't matching up, we will immediately contact the client to make sure that the cover is right. So we are trying to avoid things that the industry typically are doing at the only at claim stage at the moment. We are trying to do most of those things up front. However, to get to your other question, are we avoiding fraud? Are we not concerned about fraud? Absolutely. We think it is. We we, we would be so naive to think that that we won't be exposed to fraud. However, we are excited about the about the fact that we think running predominantly on AI is giving way better, way more reliable results in terms of flagging fraud, fraud than the traditional desk-based assessment, uh, having someone on the phone run through a list of questions, or even sending out the policeman to come intimidate you at your home. We, we are really excited about the, the additional sources of data, like especially the interaction data of how you interact with this thing, what time of day did you buy, how long did it take to answer this question, that sort of thing. Using the AI to predominantly run our fraud analytics, we are at this stage still very excited about the fact that we think that it's doing it, in a, it more effectively than what traditional processes do. So, so you're right, at the moment the, 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 the product that we've launched with is personal motor only. So no, it doesn't handle fleets at the moment. And we're not going to do commercial anytime soon. We'll extend the product range from motor only to the rest of personal lines over the next six months, but it will be personal lines for, for a while. Hi. Um, great presentation. And um, I actually was thinking of switching now. And <laughs> yeah, no, true. Because, but the problem is the app, I'm not able to to download because <laughs> are you on are you on Android? Yes, I am. Yeah, so my Android app is for the moment. I've pulled it off the Play Store. It will be back there soon. 
It was just giving some issues. Okay, cool. That's all I wanted to ask. But you can, but you can buy on the web. Hi, thanks for a great presentation, and it's great to see how you've embraced AI in your business model. Um, just two questions. Are you able to disclose currently what um, loss ratio your book is running at, um, and um, the current premium you've already underwritten, and, and where you're hoping to be at in, in the next year or two years? Um, and then secondly, um, I mean, the word of machine learning AI, quite, it is quite a buzzword, but it is heavily dependent on underlying data. So assuming you're going to be doing image processing to identify or assess a claim or put some fraud indicators on it, you, you are dependent on having um, a history of images to train your model on, et cetera. So can you speak a little bit about how you're going to be building this IP or are you going to um, contract with other providers or analytic houses around the world that are already doing this for other insurance companies? So exactly how does the AI work when it comes to claims? The last one. Yeah, let me do the first one. Okay. So just on the first one, I mean, to, to, to the gentleman's question, we're, um, we have hardly marketed this business. We've spent a couple of rands, but really negligible amounts. And we are, we've been pleasantly surprised by the, by the attention that we have received so far and the number of people that have, the, a large number of people, 5,000 plus that have completed quotes and are active users. Obviously the majority of those aren't paying users yet, so we're getting there. In terms of premium volume, it, it, is, it is still small. I mean, given, given the stage that we're in and given the sort of beta phase in terms of marketing, certainly, it is very small. What I can tell you in terms of claims is we ha we're very happy that our that our first theft claim of 270k was paid in eight days. Uh, we weren't ha that happy about the actual result. It was a 62-year-old. Yeah, it was a 62-year-old guy. That's worth saying as well. And he submitted uh, his claim on the app. He submitted his claim on the app. No human intervention. We paid his we paid his theft claim of 270,000 rand cash in his bank within eight days. Um, so we've had a couple of claims. The, the volume really is too small to, to talk in terms of loss ratio, et cetera. And I mean, part of our, part of our reinsurance deal is, is recognizing, I mean, we've, we've had experience of running personalized portfolios. It's very volatile for the first couple of years. We recognize that. So, so the, the, the reinsurer and the, and the primary underwriter are on board that they'll, they'll be losing some money for the, for the first little while. Um, not because we're underpricing, um, just simply because of the volatility. Um, but so we're excited about the volumes. Well, let's, let's see, uh, I mean, one of, one of the things just worth saying in terms of premium predictions is we are at the, mo at the moment only selling car insurance. And so a big portion of people, we're not converting yes, yet because we don't have the supported products like householders and contents. Uh, and so we expect to ramp things up a little bit next year when we have all those products on board. I'll, I'll be quick on the on the question that you asked about AI and, and machine learning. Maybe I should just start off, because I was actually meaning to say that. I forgot, actually, uh, just around the fact that people always ask, what is the balance in our business between using data scientists and, and pure devs, right? If you the, the guys who done front end and back end. So, so at the moment, our AI team consists in the main out of actuaries that have decided to, to make a career choice. Yes, they are spending their days programming in Python and, and those kind of things, but, but there are still actuaries in nature because I do believe the profession attracts some 
at this stage in South Africa, still some of the smartest people out there. And, and I think they are very well suited to play that kind of role going forward. So I just wanted to say that first because I thought I forgot to say that. The other thing, it's a very good question on the, on the um, AI and machine learning. Yes, we are looking at, it would be insane for us to start building everything absolutely from scratch. If you go and look at, uh, in Europe, especially in Germany and in Holland, in, in Holland that there's a lot of work that has already been done on a lot of these things. And partnering with people on it make a lot more sense and just plugging that in. Because if you think about the, the task that we are attempting, starting everything from scratch, we have not licensed one system. Um, to think with, with a team of less than 20 people, you are going to, to do that all on your own, that makes absolutely no sense. And then it also means that you can start implementing these things a lot more quicker, a lot more easier, because they've already done the learning on the algorithms. Well done on getting this far. It's no mean feat to uh, build up a startup. Um, question on value proposition. So if the average price in the industry today is 100, where does your price stack against the 100? And assuming you're pitching automation and all this fancy tech, what is the major contributors to the saving for the customer? Top two. So, so maybe I'll just start off with one thing that I'll give to Ernie. So, so the simplest way, it's always very difficult if someone asks you a question like that. If you've been um, in the motor insurance industry and you've been part of pricing teams, which I have for many years, you'll know that rating is a science. Not a science, it's an art. I don't know. So I might decide to charge 800 bucks for this thing, but Chris Peters over there might decide to charge 600 bucks based on his information. So, the, so there's always the chance that we could still be more expensive. I think the better way of looking at it is, is what is the AI doing to our operating ratio? So if you look in total in the industry, if you comply in commission, profits, everything together, marketing together, um, we are looking at ratios of about 35 to 42% of premiums. The flat, yeah, industry average, if you look at our flat fee that we are taking, it's 20. And that includes acquisition fees, everything like that. So, so I, I prefer to express it like that. It's an easier answer. Um, so moving away from the kind of AI-related stuff and more on a practical note, I always find these, uh, these features like cover pause is very interesting. Um, and I just have a question around the, around the abuse of something like that. So if you're pricing for a, a period of time that you're only exposed to a peril, there's no subsidy between that time and when you aren't exposed to it, which means that your premiums for that peril are going to be super high and uncompetitive. Um, so how, for me that's kind of the main reason other insurers haven't done something like cover, uh, <clears throat> other, reason, other insurers haven't done something like cover pause because of that possible abuse. How would you guys deal with something like that? So there's definitely, you can say that, that, that someone like um, some of our friends might arrive at work, pause their cover in the afternoon, go back when they're driving home, restart it again. And of course, you are right. When you're actually pricing for the average, that's already taken into account, right? So with us, you always pray for the highest cover that was active for the day, just to prevent some of the actual types that I know that will be as frugal as actually switching the thing on and on, on and off very many times a day. So we don't allow that. You are correct that uh, experience will show whether we are uh, taking a risk in terms of of the pausing in terms of the, the, the price bias. We believe that we've uh, sufficiently addressed it in our pricing and that 
yeah, experience will tell whether, whether it's right or not. But I know exactly what you're asking about. And we did heavily debate that and did consider that in our pricing. Thank you so much. That was a very, very um, interesting presentation and definitely shows how disruption can be brought into one of the more traditional um, areas of, of practice.